Hey, good morning. Uh, I keep getting questions about our management model, which is based on microtasking. So I feel that I have to answer them all before we go somewhere else and start talking about some other subjects. Uh, and this one is again about microtasking and the role of the architect in this, um, in this whole concept. And by the way, if you have your own questions, don't hesitate to post them in uh, YouTube comments and I will try to answer most of them in future videos. So we agree that microtasking is a great concept for both sides, for programmers who are more interested to work when they see, you know, very well-defined scope of work, when they are not depending on many uh, dependencies on many other programmers, when they are paid by result. And it's great for the management as well, because the management knows that the money is not wasted, but only paid for the results the project is actually getting and the uh, predictability of the model is higher. So everything is great, seems to be great. However, the question is, uh, what do we do about the architect who is uh, not a programmer, who is not a developer, who is not the person who comes and goes from the project, who is actually an important person in the project, who makes very important technical decisions of where the project will move forward, of how all those micro tasks, no matter how they are created, either through puzzle-driven development or some other way, will actually stick together and be assembled in a larger piece. And then that larger piece of code will become a software product and will be delivered to uh, end users. And those end users will be happy and we will get the money and the project will continue. So the architect is uh, an important point of technical leadership, even though I don't like that word, but here it, it's perfectly applicable. We need the technical leadership. We need that guy to stay with the project for longer than programmers. Programmers, they come and go. Some of them, they just join the project for a few days or a few weeks, and then they leave because they see that the project is not a good fit for them, or they don't have any more interesting tasks there, or they just find another project. So they are mostly temporarily in each project. The architect is something else. We want the architect to stay with us for longer. We want that person to see the future of the project and actually uh, care about the project. There are people who say that uh, we just need to find the right person. And I keep getting many of those comments and many people think exactly that way, that uh, you just need to find the person who cares. You need to find the right person, the good person, the, the architect with a big heart and then your project will be successful. And there is no other way. So either the architect is a good guy or the architect is a bad guy. And then the future of the project completely relies on that fact, whether you manage to find the right person or not. I don't buy that. I completely disagree with that way of thinking. I don't think there are right people or wrong people. I don't think there are good people or bad people. I think that people are people. People care about themselves and they do what's better for them in any particular situation. And the job of the management is to create the situation the way it will be beneficial for the people to contribute and to become good people. So there are no bad soldiers like Napoleon said, there are only bad generals. So if the person is bad, you feel that the architect is wrong and bad, it's just your fault as a manager. It just means that you failed to create the right circumstances the right situation for the person to be good for you. You just didn't manage to create the right motivational system for that person, for, for the architect. And in our platform, for example, in Xerocracy, we have people who work at the same time as programmers, developers in a few projects. And then we have those people work in other projects as architects. So they play different roles and the same person. 
being in two different uh, places, being in, in different circumstances. In one situation, that person is a developer. He doesn't care about the future of the project. He just contributes and leaves. He doesn't think about what's going to happen next. He's a developer. He's a cowboy coder. He doesn't care. In another place, all of a sudden, the same person is an architect and now he cares. And now he thinks about the future. Now he wants to stay in the project. So how do we do that? It's the same person. That's the question. So how you design your system, your management system, so that the same person will behave differently. You want an architect? Define the rules one way. You want to have a developer? Define your rules in a different way. So how do we define those rules? So what do we give to uh, the architect? And the management system is based on two fundamental uh, concepts, the two fundamental elements, rewards and punishment. In uh, my recent book, uh, Code Ahead, I dedicated a few chapters to that, uh, to that uh, idea, that we need to have both rewards and punishment. If uh, we miss something, if they're not balanced, if the rewards are not big enough to motivate the person, and if the punishment is not strong enough, is not inevitable enough, uh, to, to scare the person of doing the wrong thing, then the entire system will collapse. There has to be the right balance between rewards and punishment. And, um, and if you disagree with that, you need to read more, you need to think more about management. I strongly believe that there, uh, these two elements have to be there. No matter how democratic, how flat your organization is, it doesn't matter. There still has to be two fundamental elements. They could look, of course, differently. It doesn't mean that you uh, fire the person immediately if something goes wrong. And it doesn't mean that you uh, give a lot of uh, cash to the person when the, um, something is, uh, actually works. So how do we reward and punish the architect? We know what we do with developers. The rewards and punishment model is quite simple for them. If the ticket is closed, there is a reward in the, in the monetary reward, just a dollar amount which they get. If they don't close the ticket, then there is a punishment coming. They don't get the money. They spend the time, they don't get the money. That's pretty easy. Rewards means money, punishment means no money. But the architect is different. We don't want the architect to be a temporary figure in the project. We want uh, the architect to think into the future. So that's why this idea of uh, rewarding and punishment for, uh, for small microtasks is not really applicable to the architect. So what do we do? In the area of punishment, I suggested uh, a few videos ago uh, that we need to review what the architect is doing and constantly uh, invite uh, some other architects and some other technical engineers to the project so that they can take a look at what's going on in the project, what the architect is doing, and then report some tickets. And then we know how many tickets we have. We know how many problems and mistakes the architect uh, contributed to the project. And then we can see the rate of them. We can see how many of them, how terrible they are, how fatal they are. And then we can make the decision of whether the architect has to stay with us or it's time to change the architect. But that decision is too coarse-grained, it's too large. It's not going to happen every week or every day. It's going to happen once in a year. And um, that's not going to really punish the architect, I believe. Because uh, at the current market, there's a deficit of programmers, and the architect usually is not a bad programmer, it's usually one of the best programmers on the market. So he or she will easily find uh, another place, and another project, and uh, it's not going to punish the architect a lot, especially if the project is not in a good state now and the architect made many wrong decisions, so the architect will be happy to leave. 
So who's going to be punished? The project will be punished, not the architect. So we need to find a way how we can punish and reward the architect every day or every week or every hour, ideally. So how do you reward your architect? How do you reward your key technical people? Uh, some people suggest to give them some shares of stock in the, in the startup, in the company. The longer you stay with us, the larger will be your um, equity uh, in, the pro in, the, in the startup. Some say that, uh, how about an annual bonus for the architect? If you stay with us for a year and everything looks good, then uh, by the end of the year you get a large cash bonus. Um, some suggest that uh, we need to make a close personal connection with the architects. Let's meet the family of that guy, let's know that guy personally, let's get involved into his personal life so that he feels that, uh, that it's all one family. And it will be difficult for him to betray the family by doing something wrong, by not thinking correctly about the design. I don't buy that at all. And I wrote a blog post a few years ago, which is called uh, How to uh, Pay Programmers Less. You can check it out. You can see many other approaches which are suggested there. And none of them I feel are fair for programmers and for the business. Because they are not linking directly the contribution an architect is making to the rewards or punishment that person is getting back. I'm making the mistakes now, but my annual reward is coming in seven months. There's no direct link between my mistakes, which I can make, or my achievements, which I can make with that bonus. And more or less, the bonus will happen for the reasons which are not directly connected to my technical skills, to my technical contribution to the project. They will be connected to my soft skills, to my ability to smile to the right person, to my ability to be a good team player, to be too many other things which are not related to the technical mistakes or uh, right decisions I'm making. So I believe in the direct connection between the contribution and rewards, contribution and the punishment. And the closer the link, the closer they stay together, the shorter the period of time between my mistake and my punishment, between my, uh, the right decision and my reward, the more uh, interested I am in staying in the project, contributing, and the more I feel that that project actually needs me and respects my contribution. So how do we do that? So how do we connect those two things? I don't know exactly how it should be done. I don't have the right answer. But I can explain how we do it in Xerocracy. And then you can tell me how you do it in your project. So we have three mechanisms. First of all, uh, we make sure that the, the architect gets some financial reward when a new version of the project is released. So when the product is packaged, released, and we have a new version, we call it new release, then the architect gets some money, some cash amount in dollars. How much? depends on the size of the release. The larger the piece you release, the larger the product you manage to package, the more features you pack there, the better. And we have a, a formula for that, which is not you know, stable now. We're still thinking about that formula. We keep experimenting and playing with the formula, but the bottom line is easy. The more changes are there, the more files are changed there, the more features you manage to introduce, then uh, the larger your cash bonus. That's one thing. Uh, the thing number two is uh, we give you a bonus, a small bonus, on each uh, pull request you manage to merge. 
So the, each pull request comes from a programmer and then we assign a code reviewer, sometimes a few code reviewers. And then on top of that, the architect says that uh, this one goes to uh, the master branch. So we do want to merge that. And if we actually merge that pull request, then the architect gets the bonus. If we don't merge, the architect doesn't get the bonus. The code reviewer gets the bonus in any case. Either it's merged or it's not merged, but the, the code reviewer gets the bonus. The architect only gets something when this uh, pull request is merged. And one more, when the project gets uh, new funding from the customer, from the product owner, then the architect gets a small commission from that. That way, we actually motivate the architect to stay longer with us because the better the product, the more money will be coming. So that's how we do it. I'm not saying this is the right way. I'm just saying this is how it works for us. My question to you is how do you motivate your architects? How can you make sure that the architect wants to stay with you for longer, cares about the product, and the motivation is fair for both sides? Let me know in the comments. And again, uh, don't hesitate to ask your questions. I will try to answer as many of them as possible. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned. Bye-bye.